This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast with Julie Brownman. Podcast number... 17. All right. Podcast number 17. Yeah. How are you? Doing good. Getting excited for the Super Bowl, for sure. Um, I, 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 I like the Super Bowl... Um, in that it's it's you know the big game and two excellent teams and so forth and so on. But then after the Super Bowl, I go through a period of time where it's kind of like, oh wow! So now we got to wait until July, late July, for football to return. I have a little bit of like Sadness. withdrawals. Yeah. So next week's podcast will be sort of the withdrawal <laughs> podcast, or maybe the week after. We'll play sad music. Yeah. So you're doing something that most of us would like to do at some point in our life. You're going to Vegas for Super Bowl weekend. I'm actually flying my own plane. No, you're not. To Vegas. No, you're not. You're going on a private plane? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not. I wish I could. (laughs) And I don't have a pilot's license. Yeah, I'm going to go out with some friends. Went last year. Uh So we're going to head out there and, uh, and have a good time. And What is Vegas like Super Bowl weekend? It was cool last year. It was really good. Um... You know, I mean, it's a lot of people. It's very, very crowded, which mm-hmm. is not all that cool. But right, is um, everybody wearing their jerseys? And we, yeah, we wound up going. We stayed at Paris. Wound up going to a big, you know, the big sort of convention hall within the hotel, and they had big screens everywhere and uh-huh. buffet with all the food. It was it was fun. So you have certain, you know, certain segments of the audience that are crazily rooting in last year's case for the Rams and then you had Patriot fans and so but it's 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 just fun to be out there and sort of experience I had never been to Las Vegas for a Super Bowl prior to last year and it was fun did you end up at a big sports book though at some point well um my friends did Uh and so um they're they're I I watched um a significant (laughs) significant amount of money that was placed on the game. It's amazing. Like on Sunday morning, the day of the game, uh-huh. there will be a line at a particular sports book, honestly, that, I mean, there's like 300 people. It's like waiting to get into a concert just to go up and to tell the person, hey, here's what I want. Here's the kind of bet I want. Here's who I'm betting on, whether it's a prop bet or. Did you do any prop bets? I, I did not. Okay. I did not. Can no. I give you a 20? The $20? Yeah, is that not enough? Well, no, you can give me Oh, you want me to put a 20 want you, to, you want me yeah. to put twenty dollars down for Some. on the game? Yeah. What what so which side do you like? Uh I want the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Sure. I, I mean can, that twenty's gonna win me like twenty one dollars, right? If I You get no, if if you win you get twenty back. You get your twenty plus twenty. You don't I mean you don't get extra money, right? If I with the odds being now, if I bet twenty dollars on the Chiefs Yes. What would I get back? You'd get your 20 yeah. plus 20. So I'd get 40. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Done. you said you were excited. Excited because you think it's going to be a good game? Yep. Yep. I think that, um, I mean, this has, you, you never know, obviously, but I, I'm excited about this game because I think it's, uh, I think these are the two best teams. I think these, if, if you, you know, if you looked at the field when the playoffs started and you said, hey, pick two teams that you'd really like to see in the Super Bowl, to me, based on the field, I would have taken the Chiefs and the Niners. Um, I think you have in Kansas City, you have the best young quarterback that I've seen in a long time. 
in Patrick Mahomes. You have such a great supporting cast on offense with him. I mean, it is, it's as close to a track team from a receiver standpoint as mm-hmm. any team that I've seen. They remind me in terms of their downfield speed of the, the great Rams teams with Kurt Warner and Isaac Bruce, uh, that crew, the, the greatest show on turf. But Kansas City has speed that nobody else has. They also have, I think, the right now, the best receiving tight end of, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to use too much hyperbole here, but I would say Travis Kelsey is the best receiving tight end of this generation. Way better than Gronk. He's a better athlete than Gronk. He's he's not as big. He's not as powerful. Mm-hmm. He's not uh, he's not as good at the point when they attach him on the line. He's not as good in the running game. But in terms of being able to flex him out, he's he's. He's got more sort of wide receiver skill than Gronk did. Now, Gronk was every bit as big a matchup problem, but it was simply because of his his size. I remember uh, before the Broncos played the Patriots in a playoff game, it was the Tim Tebow year. So I was down in the field, which I normally don't do, but I went down in the field before the game, and I happened to be down there when Gronk came out of the locker room. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, you know, I'd, I'd called plenty of games with – the Patriots involved, and obviously he was a big part of what they did. I, I was, I was astonished at how big he was. He's a big dude. I'm thinking he looks like a really slender offensive tackle. I mean, he's he was the biggest tight end I'd ever seen. I'm thinking, no wonder you can't cover him because if you if you cover him with a corner, he just sort of bats you around like a kitten would with a little bitty air ball and if you try to cover him with a linebacker mm-hmm. he's he's got enough athletic ability that he's 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 too good for that so he you could see where I, why he was so good but Kelsey is Kelsey's very very nifty with his footwork really really great skill set running routes and I mean he can run away from people and he's 250 pounds not as big as Gronk but still I think as good as we've seen. How long do you think of the current talent that they have right now? How long is this Kansas City window going to be open for? Because you're right, they're on the at least on the offensive side of the ball, they are stacked. And you hear people talk about how many Super Bowls that Patrick Mahomes is going to win in his career and you know it's people 6, 7, 8. Well, you can't you do need a surrounding cast. Right. Well, yeah, you do, and I, I, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know the salary cap situation with Kansas City, but I will tell you this: when Patrick Mahomes is up for a contract, um, he will be, I believe, the first two hundred million dollar player in NFL history. God bless. He's him. gonna. I mean, good for him. Mm-hmm. And he seems like a, he seems like a great young guy. He seems like he's got his head screwed on. I mean, his dad was a major league pitcher with the Twins, so he's grown up in a professional sports household. But it's pretty obvious that his folks have done a great job with him, and he understands um, sort of his role, and he accepts that. And I mean, I I I love. Uh, the kid, his skill set, uh, it's he makes plays that other guys simply can't. It was funny, his first start ever was the last game of his rookie season. The Chiefs were playing in Denver in a meaningless game from their standpoint. So he got the start 
remember. As do I. And I remember watching that game and watching him play. And I called a friend of mine driving home. Um, we're talking about the game. He said, what'd you think of uh, the Mahomes kid? I said, the ball just comes off his hand differently. You know, you see, I've seen a lot of football, played a lot, called a lot of games, and there have been some great throwers. But in that game, in the pocket, when the ball, when he threw the ball, the ball just came out of his hand differently. So not, you, you could see really why Kansas City was willing to part um, with their previous quarterback. Alex Smith. Alex Smith. You could see. And Alex Smith was a pretty doggone good quarterback. And I think he was a really good mentor for him, or at least it seemed yeah. like he really yeah. took him under his wing, which is not always the case. I mean, but stop and think about this. They draft Mahomes in the first round. They have Alex Smith. They go to the playoffs that year. Um, and then they make the move. Yeah. So that was after – I mean, that was after one game. Now, they saw him every day in practice. They had him in meetings. But they had one game of film – in, in a game situation where they could say, yep, you know what? Patrick Mahomes is our guy, Alex. We appreciate what you've done. We're going to move you. They, they put him in a good situation, and he make, made a lot of money with Washington before he got hurt. But that, that shows you, I think, uh, what Andy Reid saw in, in Patrick Mahomes. So to answer your question in a very long-winded way, I, we'll see. He's going to take up a lot of salary cap space. They just, you know, they've got Tyreek Hill under contract, three-year deal, I think, for $48 million. Uh, not sure about Travis Kelsey, but as long as they can keep those components relatively uh, secure for the next two, three, four years. Kelsey, I mean, Kelsey's probably got four really good years left. I think he's, um, we're doing this without uh, a paper in front of me. I think he's played six or seven years, something like that. So, but he's a guy that controls everything inside. They have the fastest guy that I've ever seen in a football uniform in Tyreek Hill. So you, you line him up, and you've got Kelsey inside. You've got Hill. Um, you've got Hardman, the rookie out of Georgia, second-round pick, who's probably one of the five fastest players in the league. Uh, you've got Robinson. You've got Sammy, Sammy Watkins, who nobody talks about, who was the fourth player in the draft not that long ago with Buffalo. So, I mean, you, you, you've you got an unbelievably talented crew that Mahomes can throw to. Is there any chance that at the end of the Super Bowl, we're actually talking about the performance of Jimmy Garoppolo? He is unbelievably sure. the, the forgotten man. Sure. Well, I mean, he's not forgotten in my mind. But, um, I mean, when you look at Patrick Mahomes and you look at Jimmy Garoppolo – Right, right. For you, it'd be like looking at I don't know Brad Pitt and I don't know Danny DeVito. Okay, well, no, not not that big a difference. <laughs> not that big a difference. No, I, right. I listen. I think we'll we'll talk we'll talk a lot about the game coming up. But um, yeah, I, I I think I think it'll be interesting to. See. I think this is a really good good matchup because of the distinctively different style of play. I mean, Kansas City throws the ball about seventy. Four percent of the time, the Niners run the ball when they have the football about seventy-four percent of the time, or thereabout. So, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, San Francisco's chance, I think, in this game is because of two things. One, they've they've got a good defense. They've got a defense that has a front four that can rush the passer. 
Um, I, I'm not crazy about the back end of the defense, and I think if Patrick Mahomes has time in this game, uh, he'll throw through their zone coverages. I don't care how good they are in zone coverage. This guy throws through those type coverages. I mean, I think their chance is to affect the quarterback in the pocket. You don't have to sack him all the time, but you've got to make him pull the ball down. Now, he's as good as I've seen, certainly recently, in terms of moving around and throwing the ball on the run. But you have to make him do that. You can't let him sit in the pocket uh-huh. and because his arm is too strong and those receivers are too fast. So can they affect him? Can they sack him occasionally? Can they hit him? Can they make him move? Can they flush him? Uh, which will give their secondary a chance. And, and conversely, is the San Francisco offense good enough that they can run the ball in what most certainly will be eight- and nine-man boxes. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo, the new coordinator for the Chiefs, this is his first year there. They've gotten, they've gotten better, I think, the last half of the season. They're, they're giving up 11 points per game or thereabouts in the last eight games. And so I'm sure they are very confident in their ability to, to play this Niners offense. Now, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we go on, but San Francisco's offense – has to be in charge of their defensive teammates' welfare because the offense has to stay on the field. They have to be able to block and run against eight- and nine-man fronts and then get involved in the boot game, but they have to sustain their offense and at the end of drives, they've got to score points. It can't be a field goal game for San Francisco. Nobody beats Kansas City 17-13 to 13 or 20-17. to 17. I don't care how good your defense is. So if you're Kyle Shanahan, who's a really, I think, creative and brilliant young head coach, I think he believes going into this, you know, I've got the number one ranked defense. We're, we're going to be able to hold up. But i got to find a way to generate 35 points. Period. We we have to, as an offense, and I would think that's what Kyle is talking to his offensive coaches and players in meetings. Fellas, we're good enough. We've got to score 35. We have to stay on the field. But all of our drives, when we get down there in the red zone, they have to end in touchdowns. It can't be Robbie Gold on the field kicking field goals because you lose the game if that's the case. Are you sick? I'm just – I'm, I've talked so much about this game <laughs> that I'm a little bit hoarse, and I get really excited about it. I can tell. Yes. No, I, I've, been, I've been battling a little bit of a cold, and mm-hmm. uh, hopefully I'd, you, know, you don't catch it, but uh, for, about, for a couple of weeks. Are you like a NyQuil dude? Like, do you just kill yourself with NyQuil, or do you just tough it out? Like, I'm a man. I don't need anything. Well, I, I do say I'm a man, <laughs> you know, periodically. N- not every day, but, you know, once or twice a week. I remind myself, like, you know <laughs> what? Yo. I'm a man, but no, I'll I'll, I'll knock down a Nyquil or uh, every now and then. Oh yeah, I love Nyquil. Um, would you say you that love Nyquil? I love really? Nyquil. When I'm sick, I. I what about I, when you're not sick? That's when you know you have an issue. No, I don't take. Nyquil you don't just when pound I'm sick. Nyquil like, hey, how about a shot of Nyquil? <laughs> when I'm sick, that's the only good thing about getting sick is like you're like, oh god, yeah, I get. You do sort of lapse into a relative coma, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah, I've I've been there. Yeah. Matter of fact, um, last night. Really. Yeah. It was good. Have, have strange dreams with NyQuil. Um, okay, so would you say the coaches are awash? Because Kyle Shanahan is so creative. But Andy Reid, what is he, the seventh winningest 
NFL coach in the regular season. He's he's, he's seen it, been there, done that. He's except one for of my, winning a Super Bowl. He's one of my favorite coaches. He's one of my all-time favorite coaches. And you're right, he hasn't won it. You know, and he he had a great run in Philadelphia, and then went to Kansas City. But I tell you what, he's he's as creative offensively as most coaches, if not the majority of those. He's 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 steeped in West Coast philosophy. And yet he has been open-minded enough, uh, even at his stage, to sort of morph into what Patrick Mahomes does best. In fact, there's a story out there that he made a trip to Lubbock, Texas Mm -hmm. with Patrick Mahomes to look at some of the stuff that Mahomes did in college. And so he could incorporate that. And I give Eric Bieniemy, the former CU great, credit for this as well. But Andy Reid, instead of saying, listen, this is my offense, this is what I believe in, I've been a West Coast guy, we control the game, we've got very decisive routes and there's short routes and the ball comes out, they still have that, they still run some of that, but they also run some RPO and some really creative stuff that just accentuates the skill set of Patrick Mahomes. A lot of veteran coaches, when they get to a certain stage of their career, they're not about that. It's right. like, listen, dude, you got to, you've got to, this is what I do. Here's the playbook. We'll, we'll coach you up on it. This is what we do. And I credit and I tip my hat to Andy Reid uh, and again, Eric Bieniemy for saying, no, we've got a young guy that's different. This guy's different. And Andy Reid was able to recognize that and moved up in the draft to get him. And then it took, you know, one year for him to say, he's so different where well, I'm going to get rid of a, Pretty good, not great, but pretty doggone good veteran quarterback who been to the playoffs with. But I believe this guy is different. And you know what? He's He's been right. We're going to take a break. During the break, we're going to pound a little bit of NyQuil. When we come back, yeah. a couple more Super Bowl questions. Also, Roger Goodell spoke to the media, was curious if there was anything out of that. He does it. He does kind of the state of the state every Super Bowl. We'll talk about that and much more on the Dave Logan Podcast. The Dave Logan Podcast can be found at iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Remember to download, and if you like what you hear, share with your friends and subscribe. Remember, you can log on to our website, thedaveloganpodcast.com. Go to the contact tab to ask us questions. We'll read them on the podcast. Most every question is fair game. Just keep it classy. It's thedaveloganpodcast.com, or you can send your question directly to us on Twitter, at DaveLoganPod or at JulieBrowman1. So we're just talking about Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan. There is a couple of connections, obviously, with the with San Francisco. Are you rooting for Emmanuel Sanders to win a Super Bowl, or are you kind of neutral on Emmanuel? Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not anti-Emmanuel. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that I go into that game saying, "Gosh, I hope San Francisco wins," because. Emmanuel's playing there. I, I have much respect for Emmanuel and his game and how he played. And I've said that before when he was in Denver. I didn't know a lot about him when he came from the Steelers, but uh, playing wide receiver myself, you know, I'm probably more critical of um, some of these guys, the way they play and the way that uh, there's not a real value in catching the ball because, they, you know, you get a lot more footballs thrown to you nowadays than, than back in the day. Um, 
But I will tell you this. I, I grew after watching Emmanuel work and how he played and how fearless he was going across the middle of the field. He's not a very big guy. Mm-mm. But he'd go across the middle of the field when other receivers that were bigger didn't really want to go in there too much. Emmanuel would make a catch. He'd sacrifice his body. And so when I saw that on a regular basis, I mean, I grew very fond of Emmanuel Sanders and and his game and how he approached his game. So I'm not rooting for San Francisco because of him, but I certainly wouldn't mind seeing him uh, and the Niners win. Are you ready to make a prediction? Yeah. yeah, I think so, and I've, I've, you know what? I've, I've watched as much film on this as I possibly can. I, I'll make my prediction, but I'll qualify it by saying it would not surprise me if I mean you could, I could make the case right here, and it would be a convincing case for either team winning. I could create a scenario, and I would totally believe in it that both teams were going to win. Well, duh. Well, no, but I mean, like last, like like last year, uh-huh. I thought, I just thought, my gut told me the Patriots are going to win. Okay. I, I just, even though the number was small, I, I just didn't, you know, the Rams. I was like, eh, even the, the number said bet L.A., but I just thought the Patriots with Brady would win. That said, I mean, if you if you've been in Vegas since Patrick Mahomes has been the starting quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs and you've bet against him, you're pretty much broke. Right now, I mean, he's what is he? He's twenty. He's twenty-four and eight, mm-hmm. I think, in his career. Those eight losses, they've never lost by more than a score, one score. So they're in every game, and it, and the Chiefs have proven in the playoffs and during the season, you can pretty much be ahead of them by as many points as you want. Right. I mean, very few teams that I can remember in NFL history can fall behind in a playoff game twenty-four to nothing. And come back and win. And that not was only halftime, right? They were down twenty-four nothing. No, they were ahead. Oh, ahead. They were they were ahead twenty-eight twenty-four at halftime, but they were down twenty-four nothing in the second quarter, and then ahead twenty-eight twenty-four, and then ultimately won the game by twenty. They're the only team in NFL history in a playoff game to fall behind by twenty and then ultimately win the game by twenty. It's just it's like Madden stuff. It's like you know a really good high school team, varsity team playing a JV team. You're like, well, this is. This is not even fair. That's almost how it looks with these guys. So, you love I, Kansas City. I do love Kansas City. I feel like you have a man crush on Kansas City. I, well, listen, if you love football uh-huh. and as a receiver, you you have to love Patrick Mahomes and and these guys that he has thrown to are unusually gifted. Okay, and so it, they got is. a great head coach. That said, I'm picking San Francisco. What? I'm picking San Francisco. Are you freaking kidding? And I almost said the other F thing. Yeah. Wow. The other, the other kidding that starts with an F. Um, no, here, here's here's why. Here, here's how I think the game will go. I think Patrick Mahomes will be great. I think San Francisco's defense will slow him down, but certainly will not stop him. I think they will affect him from time to time. I think they'll sack him a little. They'll hit him some. They'll make him move some. Mm -hmm. Where I think the game leans towards San Francisco is I think Kansas City's defense is improved. No question. They're much better 
They've played better. They feel better about themselves. I still have to see it. Uh, I think San Francisco believes that they can line up and it's a really diversified, creative running game. It's different than Tennessee, even though they don't have the big man. They've got they've got three backs that are that are really good speed backs, but they believe in a downhill running game, whether it's outside stretch or power OG, or they'll toss it sometimes, they'll run reverses. Um, and so I, I, I believe San Francisco looks at Kansas City and says, you better have both of your chin straps buckled up because I think they're going to go right at them and try to shorten their necks. And I have to see Kansas City have the ability to sustain with their defense for 60 minutes. So I think San Francisco feels like they can control the game. They'll be able to score points. If they can run the ball, Mm -hmm. then Garoppolo will have a really good game because Kansas City, as they did against Tennessee, will commit eight and sometimes nine. I mean, Kansas City against Tennessee, I went back and looked at that game. They played an eight-man box more than 50% of the time. They're, They're manned up outside. I I don't think you can play that way against San Francisco. But if you don't, I don't think you can stop the San Francisco running game. So it's, I mean, Steve Spagnuolo is a really good defensive coordinator, and I think it's going to be a chess match the whole game. And they may stop him some, and San Francisco's defense may stop Kansas City some, but not, not very much. But ultimately, I think San Francisco has a better overall team and I think we'll find a way to win a really exciting and very close Super Bowl. The over-under is 54.5 points. Yep. What do you think about that point total? If my theory is right, then I think the game goes under. If, if I'm wrong, if Kansas City gets it and just goes up and down the field early and you look up and they're ahead 21-3 to and, and they force San Francisco out of what they want to do, which is – pound the ball, run it, bring safeties down, play action, and then all of a sudden when your safeties are down, you cut your splits. Look and see Sunday how much of a condensed split package San Francisco operates in offensively where your receivers normally, your receivers out wide, those receivers are in tight. The reason that they do that and they like it so much is it allows those receivers to get to the middle of the field and affect the deep coverage much more quickly than when you're way out wide. San Francisco does that a lot in their. I mean, he's a real Kyle's very very creative in the game planning. But if if Kansas City jumps out and they can get Kyle Shanahan out of what he wants to do, and they if they force San Francisco to throw the ball in drop back form. 35 times, Kansas City will run away with this game. I think we all want to see a really good close game, but do you think if San Francisco wins that people will be disappointed? Because I feel like Patrick Mahomes is shaping up as kind of America's darling, right? Don't no, you I, feel I'd like- love him. I mean, I, I shoot. I mean, what's, what's not to like about that guy? I can't think of one thing not to like about that kid. But doesn't it feel like the country, like the, the excitement? Well, is- who in the country have you talked to? <laughs> that is I think if you question. went out to California and you asked people in Northern California, hey, do you think the country is shaping up as really sort of rooting for Kansas City? Oh, I think they might say no. I mean, I, I don't feel know. I like San Francisco's a bit blah. I do. A I, bit blah what? 
I mean, the, the Offensive, team? Yeah, I just feel like they're a bit blah. There's no... See, you you, you are what I, I mean... Awesome. Exactly what I was going to say. What are you going to say? No, what I was going to say you're, you're... Awesome. Yep. And then I was going to say you're a typical football fan because offense... Well, somebody's calling you. <laughs> that could be some one of your friends from Northern California. What the Actually, hell are you talking about? California. See, there you go. Um, no, I think you're typical in that... Kansas City has this explosive offense. They're so much fun to watch. I mean, uh-huh. there's fireworks going off. Right. And, yeah, I get that. And, listen, I, I like watching that brand of football, too. I, I love watching Kansas City on offense. I'm just telling you what I think is going to happen in the game. Uh, I think it's going to be – I think San Francisco will line up and they will say, hey, you know what? If you're willing to stand in here and mm-hmm. face this for 60 minutes, that's fine. So are we. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. I really do. I, I, my pick on this podcast is San Francisco in a in a victory over Kansas City. Have you made this prediction on the air? Yeah. I have not. Yes. Podcast scoop. Well, I'll do that tomorrow, though. I know, but this is coming out tonight. Uh, Roger Goodell did his yearly I heard state that. of the state. Yep. Anything? Did you pull anything out of there? We go. Oh, that's interesting. He talked about the Rooney Rule, and he talked about Antonio Brown. I guess. Yeah, I, I'm. I have a hard time wrapping my head around the Antonio Brown thing. Here's my wish for Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. I, 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 and I say this completely in all honesty. I hope that he gets professional help and can sit down and sort of. I think all of us from time to time in our life uh, deal with various things and demons. And I think you need you need an opportunity to sit down and talk with somebody that can give you options in your life in terms of ways to handle certain things and better ways to do things, right? That would be my hope because, he, I mean, to, I, I am not a mental health counselor, but he, he strikes me as somebody who is either bipolar or has, you know, something where they just, I mean, to me, this guy has cried out for help, and I don't know if he's sought help or not, mm-hmm. but when your agent refuses to deal with you anymore until you seek mental health counseling, yep. that should tell you something. Yeah. So that's that's where I'd be with Antonio Brown. I The one thing that I was struck with with Roger Goodell was um, the question about the Bolin family. And to me, he his answer was pretty much lockstep with what we've heard from CEO Joe Ellis of the Broncos, that I mean, the league was monitoring the situation, that Pat Bowen had created this trust because he wanted to ensure that the team would be in good hands should something unfortunate happen to him, and obviously it did, that uh, you know he in, in Goodell's mind, he thinks Pat would not be happy with what's going on publicly. And we've heard Joe Ellis say exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. So listening to that press conference, if I were Beth Bolin and that sort of side of this, whether you call it argument or uh, court case, I wouldn't feel real good about my chances with respect to the league sort of stepping in and siding, and siding with, with uh, my side. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope that they can work something out, whether that means the, the team is going to be sold. I don't, I don't know I whether not. they can work something out with the kids. and yeah. um, you know. But a lot of people in Denver are hoping that this thing gets solved. Do you think that the ownership situation has affected what we've seen on the field? No. I don't either. Not at all. Okay. Players, players, they don't care about that. They, they don't have time to care about that. 
Their, their time is spent in meeting rooms and practice and trying to prepare for games and how can I be better and what do I need to do to make sure I have a job here next week. I mean, 90, 90% of the league operates with that in mind. Some of the great quarterbacks, maybe not. They, they don't have that kind of pressure on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. But 90% of the league operates under that, hey, I better be good this week, and if not this week, maybe next week. Otherwise, I might be somewhere else. Okay, as we end, would you like to end it now, or do you want a funny story? Well, an interesting story. You want to leave now, don't you? Go ahead. I'll, I'll hear the interesting okay. story. Uh, there was a guy in Michigan. All right, I'm going to go. No, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. This was recently a guy in Michigan uh, was at an ATM, and you know there's people that got people that work for the bank that they fill the ATM. They forgot a box on the outside of the box. It said forty thousand dollars. This guy found the box, did not even open the box, took it to the bank. That's amazing. Are you? Am I? Am I to rebut that? What am I doing? You're just. I, I think, think that's, that's a really cool story. What would you have done? If you had $40,000 in cash. And you're at the bank? You're at an ATM. They, they and, and so the box has the address and the bank and all this stuff on it? Yes. I, w- I would have taken it back to the bank. Would you have even looked inside and been like at least tempted? Maybe. I might, I might have looked inside. But if there's forty grand in there, yeah, you got to take it back to the bank. If, if, if there's a address on the, on the box, yeah. right? You yeah. got to. Okay. I dare ask what you would do. Oh, I would have taken it back. <laughs> How much is the most amount of money you've ever found? Oh, I don't know. I think I found a $20 bill one time. That's it? Yeah. Well, have you found like a stash of money somewhere? I found one time I was pulling up um, to get my hair done and I parked and there was uh, a bundle of cash. $300. Is the place you get your hair done next to a strip club? <laughs> nope. Three hundred dollars cash. What'd you do? I kept it. There's no. It was on the street. What are you supposed to do? What was I supposed to do? Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Do you want another story and I'll let you go? Um, one day I looked outside my balcony. There was a hundred dollar bill on my outdoor couch. I I live in a high rise. I, I have no idea how this happened. The next day in the morning, I look outside with my cup of coffee. There was another hundred dollar bill. <laughs> what the hell? I what know. are you talking about? Somebody threw $100 bills on my balcony. I, I would be worried at that point that there was a stalker, like, somehow. Great. Like, levying himself <laughs> down on your porch, looking in the window, leaving a $100 bill. That's what I would worry about. I wasn't worried at all. I was $200 richer. David, hmm. we'll see you next week. All right, boy.